wait, what do I usually, how do I, I how do I usually intro this? I can't even remember. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast. I am Clark Coffey, and with me, as always, is is co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Colin McFader. What's up, buddy? Yes, co-host. Uh, I'm good. How are you? Wait, co- is that a bad thing? Is co-host? No, 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 no. I was laughing because there's this there's this internet show called uh, On Cinema at the Cinema by Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington. Oh my gosh, um, I know Tim. And, I don't uh, know the other guy. It's it's this it's like the best show ever. It's like been running for like twelve years now. But oh um, wow, and what's they this do basically again? this like it's like a parody of like the Siskel and Ebert. But when when that kind of thing started happening online and people like it would just be two guys in a on an awful green screen talking about movies trying to be Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, and they're parodying that, and that's kind of what it started out as. And now it's branched off into all this crazy stuff. But oh my. The, the joke is that the one guy who's been hosting it, Greg Turkington, who's been hosting it with Tim Heidecker for 12 years now, is always referred to as the guest host. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I just okay. popped into my mind when you said co-host. Wow, that was one <laughs> of the longest digressions <laughs> Little segues. Uh, we've ever had, and we haven't even gotten through the introduction no, of the episode exactly. yet, but, but I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Um, and, and I, you know, and as I was introducing you, I felt so bad because I, I, I introduced myself first and I feel really like full of shame and guilt for that. And I apologize. No, I'll, I'll never let it's you live it down. so rude. So rude. And I, I apologize, uh, not only to you, but to everybody out there. I feel like I'm a, a bad role model for everyone. Uh, but Hey, uh, today is our 50th episode, man. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? I, I think that's insane. I can't believe we made it to 50 episodes. You know, I don't even yeah. remember when we started doing this, but it was like, didn't we start? I think it was like re- August 2020, maybe. Uh, was it? Was it? I thought it was even, was it before COVID or did we do? I kind of I remember. think we started in COVID. I think Did it was we start during, in COVID? I, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. I, it, like the world has been just like off axis. I feel like everything's been weird. I can't even judge time anymore. I mean, I if think, you think about, yeah, exactly. If you think about things that you did, at the beginning of COVID, sometimes I think about that and I'm like, that was during COVID. Man, it's been going on for a long time. <laughs> it's been going on for a long, long yeah. time. So, but I, but we made it. We are at our 50th episode, which mm-hmm. is like, just blows my mind. And I'm, it's been like a really fun uh, journey and I'm happy that we've gotten to take it together. It's been really fun to do these. And uh, yeah, what we're going to do uh is mix things up a little bit this time Mm -hmm. so you know when we started off our first handful of episodes uh we were we stuck to a really really small niche of discussing uh Werner Herzog's masterclass Mm -hmm. uh and we kind of used that as a jumping off point to discuss film and kind of film philosophy and you know it was really Werner Herzog centric and which is where you and I met actually and yeah, that yeah. that was a long, long time ago. It was that 2016. was 2016. Definitely yeah. pre-COVID. So that that just like my brain just explodes when I think that that was six years ago. Yeah. Um, but That's we met. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, we met taking that class and like having you know we had discussions like every couple of weeks and we we actually there's a group of us that uh, that still kind of sticks together from that class and that that's mm-hmm. turned out to be really wonderful. And then we kind of shifted into uh, covering uh, a new film. Uh, and kind of breaking it down, analyzing it, just kind of like talking about the things that interested us about it. And we've kind of been alternating back and forth. You pick a film, I pick a film. We've been doing that for, I don't know now, what, 10, 15 episodes, something like that. So we thought we might do something fun for the 50th episode where each of us have picked five episodes, uh, five episodes, five movies um, that are special to us in some way. 
or that we just wanted to discuss here, or who knows why you picked them, Mm -hmm. and who knows why I picked them, but we picked five each, and we're going to kind of like rapid fire, go back and forth, and have kind of like a quick mini discussion about the five films that we picked. I just realized this is actually oddly similar to, uh, there was on my YouTube channel back at the beginning of covid me and three friends did this uh, show called on or 10 minute filmmaking. And it was mm-hmm. like, uh, we'd have a topic of discussion every week. And we basically had two minutes, two and a half minutes to, to choose a film and discuss why we thought that that <laughs> film fit that topic. And it would be like a 10 minute episode would be so very quick rapid fire. And I just made that connection now that it's I just feel like that's a shameless plug. Colin, is that just, yeah, a maybe I yeah, go check it out. <laughs> 10 minute filmmaking. <laughs> I feel like it's just a shameless plug. That's I'll get, okay. I'll get 0.001 cents for every, every watch. So yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be like most residual checks of the, yeah. my actor friends who'll get like a check for a penny, you know, yeah, it's like exactly. worth less than the paper that it was printed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, Hey, without further ado, then let's dive in Colin. Yeah. Your first film. Okay, my first, so uh, I tried to pick things that are not super, super niche. I didn't want to, you know, just choose some, like, movie from 1926. Show off your your cinephile But But I did also try to choose movies that I think most, perhaps most of the listeners and uh, perhaps you as well, either might not have seen or might not have thought about in a long time. Um, Okay. So this first movie is called Tony Erdman. It okay. is a 2016 German uh, comedy, um, and I first saw this movie when it came out in theaters at TIFF, um, because TIFF, the TIFF Theater in Toronto, um, will usually have like a host of inter- international movies, not just during the festival, but all year round. They'll, that's kind of the best place to go see international stuff in, in, in Toronto and, and indie stuff as well. Okay. Um, and it's directed by Marin Ade. Ade, I think, or Aid. Her okay. last name is A-D-E. Yeah. Um, so I apologize if I'm mispronouncing things. Um, but it's essentially this, the way that it was pitched to me when we were going to see it um, with a friend of mine was it's like a German high concept Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> And it is this, it's like this. Wait, this, wasn't Mrs. Doubtfire already high concept? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's even even... Higher, So it's about this, well, it's about this dad who his daughter is like a businesswoman, a really successful businesswoman, but she's incredibly busy and, and is, is in, you know, constantly in meetings and never really has time for him or anything else. And he's this kind of carefree, I think he's like an art teacher at a school and mm-hmm. he's this old German guy and he's really funny and he plays these little characters um, but his dog, uh, Vili, as he calls it, uh, winds up dying. Aww. And he's like really sad about that. And so he decides to go to Bucharest uh, in Romania to his daughter's like this big, um, you know, pitch thing that she's doing for her company and decides to just go and pretend to be this life coach called named Tony Erdman. Okay. He makes up his character and he puts in these fake uh, teeth that are like these, like those weird teeth that you get at the dollar store for Halloween. Like Billy Bob? Like Billy Bob teeth? Yeah. He puts in these weird teeth. He has this wig and he just winds up like showing up at her business meetings and things like that (laughs) on an uninvited or he'll sit in the lobby until she's walking through with a bunch of her, you know, the CEO and the, this big oil executive and he'll just kind of walk over and walk along with them and, it's this really, really charming, um, funny, but incredibly heartfelt movie. You know, it, it's like a movie that that brings me to the verge of tears. Um, it's also really, really long. It's 162 minutes. Okay, and wow. It's this. It's this. It's, so everything about it, every every sentence seems to not fit the last one. It's this like huh. nearly three hour epic about 
this this German dad that follows his daughter to Bucharest, Romania, to basically show her uh, the meaning of being a little bit more carefree um, by dressing up as this funny character named Tony Erdman. Um, but no, I would totally. I mean, it's it's it really. Um, it's it's an odd movie also for me to to love because it kind of goes against a lot of things that I normally really like about a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in that it's it's very very like the cinematography is very digital. It's it's not super you know it's pretty desaturated that very like digital flat, look that's, that, that's that, that flat was and sharp. Super popular when people like when when you had like full frame sensors. Yes, with, like reasonable reasonable. Uh, um, uh oh geez like on. noise reduction and dynamic range and you know yeah, reasonable dynamic range and and like they shot raw and it was almost like it, there was this weird period of time where it's like i feel like people just like left the raw almost footage, left like, it in raw untu- they would they I'm would like, adjust the contrast a was, little bit but yeah it was so weird yeah just to digress for a second it yeah. was like yeah it was like uh dude that's raw footage that's yeah. not graded like that is not what you were supposed to do is just like and, release and it, it. it it really it looks exactly like that. It's shot. Um, it's not like a mockumentary, but it's shot very mockumentary style, and mm. that a lot of it's handheld. And okay, just following the characters oh, around and things favorite. like that. And so it's not at all the stylistically a movie that I like. Like doesn't really fit with any of the other movies that I, I chose today, nor movies that I normally well, like. But it's incredibly heartfelt. The performances are great. Um, I mean, you've, you've piqued yeah. my interest. I definitely want to check it out. I mean, oh it, yeah, if you've it, got it was... three hours to spare to watch some a German, hey, comedy, I've always got three hours um, to spare. But for it's a also movie. it's 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 very bizarre, but it's also really 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 funny. Like there's I a love lot of bizarre just and great. Funny. Uh, there's a lot of great, very subtle kind of German humor in it. Um, well, that so dude, it's not I, a laugh out loud movie by any means. I mean, I laugh yeah. out loud just because I love it so much. But, well, you're kooky. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'd say that it's it's definitely a very um that's yeah it's, it's a great movie that's all oh, i can really say wow well okay so right off the bat so you have picked a film that i haven't seen not only have i not seen it i hadn't even heard of it now it's possible that i had heard of it and then forgotten about it because we're sitting at what you know six-year-old film it was mm-hmm. nominated for best foreign language film at the academy awards yes it was yeah, um yeah. and that's probably back at an era of time when i was actually watching the academy awards i haven't seen it in the past couple of years for no other reason than just i'm like eh yeah who cares cares? (laughs) um no other reason than that but um so i probably was kind of you know exposed to it heard about it something um Mm -hmm. and and i just never kind of you know it's like how many films can a person see you know films sadly fall through the cracks and you miss them especially in theaters there are not a lot of foreign movies play in theaters and yeah not here in the states for sure Yeah. yeah i mean you don't get like wide release or even you know mini release yeah. uh i mean i was really lucky to see it in theaters but but yeah i could yeah. have very easily missed it so well you're in you know canada so you guys yes, are yes, more exactly. open-minded uh up there <laughs> than we are down here so all right well well now i'm like i, I knew this was going to happen i feel like a certain amount of shame uh because you know <laughs> none of my films are even going to be remotely not obvious films Oh yeah, well, I, that's know, okay. I mean, so, I love, so because yeah. I thought about it, I thought you know, because when we pick our when we when we pick our films for the regular episodes, I try uh, to kind of like thread the needle of you know, uh, I I don't want to go against my own taste, and and I do in many instances have fairly mainstream taste, you know, and so mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend that I'm somebody I'm not, um, and I and and pick these like super obscure you know foreign films that three people saw on a Tuesday five years ago. Mm-hmm. I you know uh, so I stayed true to myself and basically my criteria was just like what films have really impacted me. 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of like my my main criteria. Uh, what films do I love? What films have inspired me? When I watch these films, uh, usually or more often when I was younger, when I first saw all, all these films on my list, it was like I had a sense of awe and amazement and it made me want to be a filmmaker. So that's my criteria for this. Mm-hmm. So the first one on my list is one of the most important films to me as a filmmaker. This film blew my mind in 1994 when it was released saw it in theater and it just i i mean it just blew my mind open and that is quentin tarantino's pulp fiction that's funny i i also i remember seeing that as a very young probably way too young to see this yeah, movie yeah but i do yeah. remember yeah yeah could you got you had to have been because dude i was a so i saw this i didn't see it in theaters but i remember being shown it very very young yeah so i saw this um this this came out in may in 94 Mm-hmm. So I would have been just graduating high school right. when this film came out. So you had to have been like a toddler, dude. No, I was. I wasn't even alive in '94. I was gonna say, yeah, it's like <laughs> you, <laughs> you weren't even alive. Yeah. Uh, but this film, I mean, look, I don't, I don't need to go into explaining this film because you and everybody else on the planet have already seen this film. So just from a personal perspective, I mean, I this film just blew me away on so many levels. And mm-hmm. like it did many people when it was released, um, you know, Quentin, T- I had seen uh, Reservoir Dogs before. That was a, that was, you know, uh, I, I was definitely into cinema. Reservoir Dogs had definitely kind of entered my world. I was familiar with that. But I felt like this film was such an elevation, was on such another level. I was just completely captivated by everything about this film. Mm-hmm. I even I mean, literally, I even I even took took two VCRs and re-edited this film on VCRs in chronological order. <laughs> I, so, I remember how you could do that. Yeah. yeah, so that I could kind of, in my own mind, as a way to kind of analyze how the non-chronological representation of the story impacted you know, how you perceived it when you watched mm-hmm. it. So I literally tried my best because this is in an era before internet and before, you know, Lots so in pressing play and pause and, and, and so pause I, and yep, pre- <laughs> yep. And I just, I duped the tape. Exactly. I duped the yep. tape and I, and, and so, but this film, it was just the writing blew me away. I thought the dialogue was some of the best and just, I mean, it was just the, I guess the best way for me to describe it was that it felt like pure cinema energy, just mm-hmm. like shooting off the screen and just piercing my heart and mind and soul. I, it just, everything about this film to me screamed, the person who made this loves cinema as much as you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it just, it's almost like, you know how you walk into a room and you meet somebody and somehow there's like just this like electric connection of like yeah. your brains seem to be on the same wavelength. And, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, it, like you're, you're, the, the conversation elevates like 15, you know, levels because you're both just on fire. And you're finishing and, each other's sandwiches. Off. And... Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And that's what it felt like when I sat in the audience, when I watched Pulp Fiction, um, and, and I just felt like, holy crap. This yeah, is... I mean, I, I remember uh, I was probably six or seven when I saw it mm-hmm. for the first time, and it was at a friend's house who had an older brother who always showed us oh, that like, older very brother. violent. Yeah, uh, uh-huh, that know, older brother. Or we would watch South Park or we play Gears of War on Xbox or something like that. Uh, and this was probably the first time I'd seen a movie. I mean, I'd seen a lot of not kids movies. Again, I grew up watching like Hitchcock with my dad. Yeah, me but too. This was probably the first time I'd seen 
that level of like visceral violence in a movie and and uh i remember it was like this this my parents were never super stingy about what i watched as a kid they weren't very protective in that way um but i i remember like finishing the movie and feeling like i can't tell my parents that i watched this like it was like this it felt like this this uh naughty like exactly and i was like it, it just felt so provocative and and but in a very good way i mean it but was it's so funny you know, is that how long has it been since you've seen it because if you um, i think the and, last time i watched it was when i was in university in first year so it's been probably probably at least six or seven years for me i i recommend that you watch it again because mm-hmm. it's so funny the way you described it and this is the way that it was it was kind of um you know, marketed at the time, uh, or mark, well, not marketed, well, it, but it was received as like yeah. a very like oh my god, it's hyper violent. It's hyper yes. violent. Yeah. This film came out. It was released very closely with a film that Quentin had written but not directed, which was Natural Born Killers. And of course, yeah. Oliver Stone directed that film, and he mm-hmm. radically changed the script such to the point where Quentin Tarantino basically disowns uh, um, Natural Born Killers. But both mm-hmm. of those films kind of came out at the same time. And, and there was just this, like, big media kind of, you know, coverage of the hyper-violence in these films. But go back and, go back and watch Pulp Fiction. It's yeah, not I, I do actually, it's not actually that the violent. <laughs> it's actually, yeah. and especially when you look at, in, in, in the kind of, you know, put it in the context of today's films, it is, like, surprisingly benign. Yeah, totally. But, and TV, especially, because TV sort of went... Nuts yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Game of Thrones and all those. Breaking to, Bad. It was like and, everything. Every single episode was trying to provoke <laughs> you into throwing up or something. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 For sure. For um, sure. But no, so, I did a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. So that is. So it's super obvious, but it just and it's it's a film that to this to this day I can I can plop it into the Blu-ray player and I I mean I'll sit down and I'll watch the whole film. I I just absolutely love it. I think mm-hmm. that there's a tremendous amount of heart in that film. Definitely, um, yeah. I, it feels like a very personal film to me. Mm-hmm. It is a, you know, for it, someone who loves cinema, it feels like such a beautiful love letter to cinema. Um, so, yeah, there's my pick yeah. number one, Pulp Fiction. And I will say, as a quick aside, um, yeah. that even though some of my movies are, are foreign films and, uh, you know, they're not super obvious picks, they are all at least, if in my top ten uh movies i would say like they're all okay. movies that have influenced me greatly um so i definitely when i was choosing these was not just again trying to i oh you know, i know you were yeah um, i know these are all were. movies that were very that are still mm-hmm. very influential you're just to me. trying yeah. to look cool Colin. <laughs> i i know i look i've known you long enough i'm just kidding i'm just kidding. and i say right. that I, I say that as my next pick I yes. think, I mean, there's a better chance that you've seen this one, but okay. also I wouldn't be shocked if you hadn't, but uh, this is a much better known foreign film called Cachet by Michael Haneke. Um, and it is, Cachet is the French word for hidden. Um, okay. And it is this really, really interestingly done, another one that's not necessarily my pick, but I've stolen so much from this movie um, in terms of like things that I've done and the way I shoot, but it's essentially about... This guy who receives a VHS tape at his at his front door one mm. day, and it's just a like three hour recording of the front of his house, mm. and the whole movie is shot. The opening shot of the movie is the is that tape. Okay. So you get the opening credits over the tape, and then you and then you cut out to them watching it, and you realize, oh, that opening shot was actually the tape that they're that they received. Okay. Um, and then the entire movie though is shot like like that it's always the st- camera's always still very observational just mm-hmm. looking at a scene and you never know 
if what you're watching is a tape or if you're watching a, an actual scene. And so it builds Very this paranoia. Cool. So and it's I've, just really... I've oh, heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of this film, but I have yeah. not seen it. I have definitely heard of it. And and you mentioning it now, I, I'm like, ooh, I'm making a note. I really do want to watch this film. And, mm-hmm. and I have wanted to watch it in the past. And you have now like reminded me, I really yeah. need to see this. But yeah, just and again, it's on. one of those movies that's so it's it's stylized, but not in a in a in a way that that shows off. It's stylized mm-hmm. in a way that serves the purpose of the movie so incredibly well. Um, I, I again, I've stolen so much from from this movie in the way that I've shot scenes, um, and it it I I think it features to me the most shocking scene i've ever don't seen say a word don't, okay, I, won't, I won't please, say what it is but please don't um, ruin that thing, I, yeah. I won't i won't i won't talk about what at what happens where yeah but yeah. i will say that that like if you if you want to talk about effectively shocking effectively yeah putting provocative imagery on on screen that this this movie um and you'll know it when you see it yeah, um, that yeah. this movie does it uh impeccably well um and you know i like hanukkah a lot i think that he's a great director otherwise um yeah but i do think that this is is his best and also unarguably the one that that has influenced me the most um in terms of like the way just just the way that he sets up some of these scenes is so remarkable um and i won't say much more than that because it's it's really a great thriller that i would recommend you know everyone check out even if you're not super into like foreign films it's it's really really remarkable well um, i appreciate you reminding me that i want to check this out but like you know so you know uh i am curious though i mean tell me a little bit more about you know how did you meet this film like it was actually it was it was similarly it was in um when i was in first year at u of t I took a third year cinema studies course because the first year one, I talked to my professor in the first year one and I was like, I need to, <laughs> I need to skip this class essentially because I, I like all the movies I'd seen everything. I still took the class and I did the exam and all that. But I was like, is there any way that you can just kind of write a letter to get me into the upper year courses? Cause normally you have to take courses beforehand and get into them that way. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll see what I can do. And so I wound up getting into like a second and third year course. So, Thank God for that. I didn't. My only film education that year wasn't just, you know, going through the the top ten IMDb movies. Yeah. Um, and so this was either I can't remember if it was in the second year or third year course. Um, but it was such an inter. Like I just remember from the moment it started playing, we we luckily my school had this really big theater, uh, like movie theater, and so I I was able to see a lot of these movies theatrically, technically theatrically, um. And I remember just like from the second it started, I thought it was so captive, um, yeah. <clears throat> captivating in how it almost again, chokes you the, up. The how captivating yeah, it is! It's making it's me like... yeah, it's making me emotional. <laughs> um, but just again, the way that you never know. Like I think a, a really good thriller makes the audience as paranoid and and scared as the characters are, and this yeah. truly does that because you never know. Again, if you're watching a scene from the movie or a tape that the is lawyer. in the movie that's being that is being filmed. So it's just, it's, it's, um, that, that's really all I can say about it without getting into yeah, yeah. Like spoilers. Well, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, ooh. but I would a hundred percent, uh, recommend watching it. It's not I, super yeah. long. It's only, it's only, it's under two hours by two minutes. So, um, yeah, I, well, I thank you for recommending that. Cause I'm always looking for, you know, this is almost like, I feel like I'm getting some good recommendations from you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this has <laughs> been on my list. I have forgotten about it. And because and, I'm always like adding movies to my list, but then like things kind of fall off, you know, again, there's just like only so much time, you know, mm-hmm. and I have mm-hmm. this weird thing where I love rewatching films. So 
sadly, it's like not only is there not enough time for me to watch every film that I want to watch, but then like for some reason I'm compelled to watch some films multiple times. Oh, don't worry. I, I like rewatching. I just rewatched the whole Oceans trilogy uh, yeah. oh, recently. So. Nice. If you haven't already, listen to Soderbergh's uh, commentary track on yes. the first one. Yeah. He is actually a very lucid and entertaining commentary uh, giver. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah he's, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, on to my number two. So again, this is so unbelievably uh, commonplace. I feel like if this were a video game and your character had just opened like a like a treasure chest thing or whatever, this would be like the common, you know, like it's not <laughs> rare. It's not legendary. It's not. It's like super common mm-hmm. uh, is 1982's Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked so, about this before, too. Yeah. So, yeah, we haven't done an episode on it. No, but, no. So, and again, it's like, look, I, I know that this is, you know, it's everybody and their brother knows about this film, has seen this film by now, especially by now. Um, but, you know, when I saw this film, that wasn't really the case when I first saw this film. Um, I, I saw this when I was probably like a, about a freshman or so in high school. And I, I saw this film in the worst way that you could possibly see it. And I actually ended up really not connecting to this film i ended up disliking it a lot (laughs) Uh, so a it was the theatrical cut b it was on vhs c Mm -hmm. it was on a uh, like a 15 inch uh uh crt uh Mm -hmm. screen so obviously that's four by three bubble screen so all of the things that make this film great its production design its cinematography was so stripped from the Mm -hmm. film when i saw it because i saw it in such a horrible way but even more than that I, I was I, I felt like the film was tr- uh, tremendously cold. I felt like it was a it was not a an emotionally connecting story. I did like on every level I didn't like it. And I actually a, a good buddy of mine uh, was like the film, and he we watched it at his place. He's like, oh, you know, I got this. You should check this out. And I really just didn't connect with it. Now, uh, fast forward four or five years later, and I'm a freshman in college. And um, it was one of our like first, you know, like film 101, whatever. And so I got to see this film uh, in a theater. Now it was Laserdisc, which is like, that was the best thing that they had Mm -hmm. back when I was a little kid. So it's still like 480, but at least it's P. And at least Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a lot better than VHS. And I saw it on a big screen and I was blown away. I was, and this was still the theatrical cut. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was freaking blown away. And then, of course, you know, now I've seen, you know, I've got the 4K final cut without the, you know, narration. And I mean, and it, it's just outstandingly beautiful. But this film is the film that really made me understand the importance of a few aspects of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Production design. I really had never seriously considered the impact and the storytelling possibilities with production design before this film. I mean, I just, and I still, every time I watch a science fiction film, Frank, every time I watch any film, frankly, I'm like hoping, I'm praying that the production design is even half, even a quarter, even a tenth of the, the quality of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, they very rarely are. But oh, this, yeah, yeah. But this, I mean, it's just, you can watch this film a hundred times and the amount of detail and storytelling that's in the production design of this film, of every frame, I mean... It's just, and then you combine that with the just uh, masterful cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it you know, 
Jordan Cronenworth shot the film, but of course Ridley Scott is like right there, you know, um, uh, working so closely. You know, I mean, Ridley in his own way is a really outstanding cinematographer. And I mm -hmm. mean, I feel like he is basically a production designer, you know, almost as much or more as he is a director, frankly. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you really get a sense of his fingerprints all over both aspects of this film. But just every Vangelis score. Oh, oh God, yeah, and and do I and it is my favorite score of any film all time ever, full mm -hmm. stop, bar none, period. I have like every version of this score you could ever like, you know, all the bootleg cuts where it's like, you know, every single little piece of music that Vangelis ever did that's like not in the original official right. release. Yeah, the kind of complete recordings. I, yeah. Yep. I, I mean, you name it, dude. I've got it. I uh, I am just the combination of all these factors. And, and now I feel like with the uh, narration removed. I feel like the story is also moving and well told as well, and it's a mm -hmm. very—it's actually a very human and warm story. Uh, so yeah, the, yeah, the things yeah. that I missed, you know, and and I did get to see it uh, in Los Angeles on the big screen, theatrical release, film uh, a couple of years ago, and I was and I was just—it was just. I've amazing. never gotten to see it on film, but I've seen it in theaters. I, I got to see it uh, in a 4K uh, yeah. re-release. Yeah. Uh, so final cut. So. So yeah, so that's it's it's just one of my all time favorite films. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's a film that I go back to. You know, if I ever want, get a, want inspiration on production design or inspiration on cinematography, I go back to this film. I just I I just absolutely adore this film. Yeah, it's great. Um, so my next one is better known. Uh, it's by a, probably a, a a director you might have heard of one or two times, Spielberg. Oh wait, <laughs> who's that? What? <laughs> um, but no, I, I also wanted to choose for, for Spielberg. This is a movie, uh, this is one of my favorite Spielberg movies, um, and definitely my favorite of his, uh, 1941. In, in this century, 1941. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, and I think it's so often overlooked when people discuss him. And, okay. um, I think that, that it really is, is one of his best ones. Um, yeah. Munich, um, Whoa! I was not expecting that. What? Really? Yeah. I, I, I really love, uh. Munich, I think that it's... Oh, please do tell. Um, not only is it, to me, a movie that really asks such a, an interesting question of, like, politics and inherited politics and, and why people believe the things that they do um, mm. and, like, but who's really benefiting from those beliefs uh, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's also him, like, like every single shot in this movie is is just like Spielberg at his at his A game on his Ooh. pro like you see some of these bits where it'll be a, a really slow zoom out from someone standing on a balcony into a car window that has a reflection of a character walking over to the car who then gets into the car and then we go up and follow the car door open which then Ooh. leads us to a car driving by and we see the next character going into that car and it's like every single shot is so insanely well composed um, it's just like the, the, well, I think one of the best blocked movies in the world. Um, John Williams, who, who does the score for it, does something that's really, really remarkable and interesting and not very John Williams -y. There's no like big brass or, or anything like that. It's all very low key kind of music. Yeah. Um, the, the cast is fantastic. Eric Bana and Daniel Craig and, uh, Chiron Hines, um, among, you know, so many others that are, that are really great. I think Janusz Gaminski does an incredibly wonderful job it's a it's his typical beach bleach bypass look that was really popular for him back in that all era of spielberg like report yep. and uh saving private ryan and all that yep um but it also i think looks looks incredible hmm. um it it captures like i think it is the best 
70s paranoid uh like political thriller that is was made outside of the 70s um wow it's it it combines all the things i love about the 70s paranoid you know political thriller like the conversation or mm-hmm. all all the president's men um and just kind of turns them up and amps them up and um you know so it's it's a movie that not only is do i think that the that the the idea and the the themes are really pertinent and you know all the more relevant today but also um it's a movie that i think is is so stylish and really to me proves why spielberg is is at the echelon that he is in film history um and i always point to this movie whenever somebody says that he hasn't made a good movie since like you know the 90s or whatever i'm always yeah. like go watch munich which i also disagree with i think that um I think I'd bar a few, I think most of Spielberg's are are at least good. Yeah. Um, well, he's the victim but, of his own success. Yes. Right. Yes. It's, very much. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the Rolling Stones. It's like after mm-hmm. a while, you're so good for so long that people take you for granted, and and it's like you know. Yeah. Whereas if somebody else directed one of the movies that he's made in the past twenty yeah, years, they'd be like, Yeah, what be the like, hell? Who's this new guy? Yeah. I- exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you can just be the victim of your own success. Well, that's interesting. So you've totally caught me off guard. So I definitely mm-hmm. have seen this film. I watched this film when it was released. I'm also, you know, a fan of Spielberg. I mean, especially having grown up when he was really in his heyday, you know. He made mm-hmm. some of the my favorite movies as a child. Um so, uh, but I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I'm surprised at this choice. I have to, I do have to admit that I don't remember much about the film. Uh, mm-hmm. You've inspired me to, to watch it again, to rewatch it. Um, but I, I do not remember being particularly, you know, moved or impressed. But, you know, a lot of times I, 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 I my, my like set and setting is so vital for my enjoyment of a film. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I do remember I do remember watching the film though. I remember watching this film like with a couple roommates, like my roommate had rented it on DVD and we were like hanging out watching it and I think it was like I was distracted and you know kind of people were talking a little bit, you know. So it was like not an ideal viewing situation for me and I think my head was only kind of halfway in it. Yes. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And and so I, I definitely, you know, you your praises, you know, hearing your praises of this film now yeah. ma- makes me want to go rewatch this film. And um, it wasn't the it wasn't the first time that I'd seen it, but I did actually get a chance to see this um, in 35 millimeter as well. Yeah. Um, which I again, I think it's so funny that 12 years ago that wouldn't have been special because everything was. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But it's like, dude, being almost... able to see it these days, I <laughs> yeah. think it, it makes me miss it that much more when you could just go to a movie theater and, and it was it was projected on film. But it's like it's like, um, hey, do you want to know a secret? Every movie I ever saw at the theater. Yeah. I mean, even and, even as a kid, as a kid until I was, was until I was 12 years old, every <laughs> yeah. single thing I saw was uh, was was projected on film. But but no, I, I would definitely you know if you if if you I haven't seen this movie. Um, because it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like any of Spielberg's movies are necessarily lesser known. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I would say in his filmography, this one is definitely one that's talked about less. Yeah. Um, if it you is. haven't seen it, I would recommend seeing it. If you haven't watched it for a while and you remember, I, I also agreed that when I, the first time I ever saw this movie, I wasn't thrilled with it. Mm-hmm. And, but upon, I've seen it probably, you know, five or six times at this point. Um, it's grown on you. Huh? Every time, every time I've watched it again and again. Um, I've liked it more and more, and especially like even if you don't, you're not interested in the like the politics of it or anything like that, which was were controversial at the time as well. Um, mm-hmm. um, that just the craftsmanship behind this movie is is like you know incredible. Um, you know, just pay attention to the way that he crafts each scene, that he blocks each scene, the way that you know it's it really 
again proves why he's just such a, a filmmaker on another level um and yeah that was that's why it was my my third pick okay well fantastic i i i had a hunch there was going to be a spielberg flick in here yeah. i actually i thought maybe there would be like you know three quarters of this was going to be spielberg mm-hmm. from you but mm-hmm. no uh well I, again i i'm excited to go back and take a look at that all right so my number three uh still not an obscure film but i would say probably less seen than my previous picks thus far and that is uh bob fossey's 1979 all that jazz Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that one. So I think we've talked about this one before. We've not done an episode on it. Um, But, you know, this one I did not see. Uh, I was three years old when it was theatrically released, so I Mm -hmm. did not see this in the theater. Uh, As a matter of fact, um, I didn't even see this of my own accord the first time I watched it. I am not a fan of musicals. I never have been. Um, and I look, I just, you know, some people love musicals. Some people don't dig musicals. I just have never really connected much to musicals. And yes, I have seen, you know, I, I've kind of been forced to sit through a handful of musicals. So it's not that I haven't seen any. Um, I just really generally, it's a, it's a genre of film that I just don't usually gravitate towards. It just doesn't mm. usually connect me. It's not, I love music. I love film. You think maybe I might like the two. I generally just don't. There but, are a lot of bad musicals, to be fair. <laughs> well, there are a lot of bad films, period. In general, yeah. But yes, yeah. then there are a lot of bad musicals, but even musicals that people claim to, you know, say they're wonderful. And, and yeah. I, But I am going to give Spielberg's West Side Story a stab, though. I'm going to check it out. I've I haven't sc- I haven't seen it, yeah. I've got a screener. I've got a screener uh, for SAG-AFTRA uh, mm-hmm. awards. So uh, finally they started doing those more online so I can actually watch it in HD uh, as opposed to they send out... I mean, like a DVD, right? Yeah. Still, they still send out DVDs. I'm like, people haven't watched 480p DVDs in like 15 years, guys. Yeah. What in the world are you doing? Hey, if anybody out there is listening from SAG-AFTRA, will you please like get with 2021 or two or whatever <laughs> year it is to this year? I mean, who in the hell watches DVDs? Send out Blu-rays, people. Okay, but back to this. So, uh, so I'm not a fan of musicals, but this movie totally blew my socks off, man. I, first time I saw this film was in college in a film class, and I remember going into it being like, oh, God, we got to watch it. Uh, I have to watch a musical. Oh, God, this sucks. And, dude, it was just from the beginning. Because I, oh, yeah. like, I was like, wait, Roy Schneider? Wait, 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 wait. Wait, Roy Schneider from Jaws? Like, what <laughs> in the hell is he doing in a, in a musical? The dude can't dance. He can't sing. What is going on here? And I just was like... And then from that point on, I don't know what it is, but it felt like it was almost like the anti-musical. Yeah, it's and it's so stylish and, and kinetic and and, and, and then oh, yeah. and it was just and then it was like I actually liked the songs, I actually liked the music, I thought the characters were compelling. That got me interested in Fosse. I didn't even know anything about Bob Fosse before that and the impact mm-hmm. that he had on dance and choreography. And yeah. that this was like autobiographical and the whole third act where he's like dying. I mean, I I, I like I was just. Like, I, I just absolutely love this film. Um, I, I just feel like it's it's a beautiful film, I think. And now having kind of gone through, you know, a life, a little bit of a life of performance myself, I've never done musical theater, but I have definitely done a decent amount of theater. I've been mm-hmm. on stages in front of audiences. I've auditioned before. I, you know, I know what rehearsal is like. I know what being a performer is like a bit. Um, and, and that life, it's just interesting to see somebody's take, uh, on that kind of lifestyle. 
but uh, just everything about this film, I absolutely love that this meditation on death um, and this whole third act to me is just like so extraordinary. The different numbers as he's going through these stages of denial and then acceptance of his own mortality mm -hmm. uh, just speaks to something that I'm personally like kind of obsessed with a little bit, maybe yeah. too, yeah, maybe yeah, too yeah. much, <laughs> but uh but yeah, it, it's just it's a film that I go back to every every couple of years. I'll watch it. There's a great edition uh, out on uh, Criterion Collection, and um, I'm just I, it's it's just a really moving film to me. It has like stuck in my head ever since the first time I saw it in college. I think I think Roy Scheider is fantastic. Uh, Jessica Lange is just angelic. Um, Anne Rinking, who of course was um, like a protege of Fosse's. And I think they had a relationship too. Like she, she's just fantastic in this film. Her dance. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I'm not even like really big into kind of like dance or anything, but I'm just like mesmerized by Fosse's style of choreography in this film. The dance is just exquisite. There you go. It's funny because my next pick is it's not a musical, but it's also a dance movie. Oh, okay. Um, so this one is a a movie that I think is is both the best dance movie of all time, Ooh. one of the best documentaries of all time. Break into Electric uh, Boogaloo. Exactly. Break yes! I love that hospital scene oh, where the pregnant God, ladies I get up and it. start dancing. I knew um, it. And I think it is the the best three D movie of all time. Oh, oh um, whoa! So this okay. is uh, Vim Vendor's twenty eleven uh, documentary Peanut. Okay, this is, is I haven't seen about, it. Um, it's all about the the uh, contemporary dance choreography Pina Bausch, um, who was a, a a dance choreographer, a really famous one, um, who is I actually don't know a ton about her, funnily enough, because this movie is not just a documentary about her. It's not it hardly goes into talking heads or anything like that. It's not that at all. It's literally just her dances and and these these incredible productions of her dances. All oh, wait, what was the name of the film again? Uh, Pina P I N A. Okay. Uh, from 2011. And it's shot in 3D. Um, you can get, obviously, a 2D versions, but I would 100%, if you ever have the chance to watch this movie in 3D, then go for it because it is it is the first time. I'm not big on 3D. There are very few movies that I think are are interesting in 3D, and one of them yeah. is, is uh, Dial M for Murder, which is I, actually shot in 3D. Another one is, surprisingly, Werner Herzog's Cave of Forgotten yep, exactly. Dreams. exactly. And Wim Wenders and Herzog are both contemporaries. They're, yep. they, they both were part of the German kind of new wave. Yes. Um, but it is... The, the way that this movie is blocked, like it's blocked like it is this incredible... Um, you know, almost like a Bergman film or there's mm -hmm. these incredible senses, like this incredible sense of depth that's used with the 3D. And even if you don't get to see it in 3D, I would really recommend watching it either way. Yeah. Um, because the camera work is is remarkable. I'm not a dance person at all. I can't dance, nor do I, you know, I've seen Swan Lake and stuff. And, and Yeah. But I've, I've never really been like, I'm not like a guy that's super into dance. Right, right. Um, but this will really make you, you know, uh, appreciate the it'll it'll make you a dance person for for an hour and a half um, yeah wow and it's it's um i, I just like again it's so hard to describe because there's no plot to it it's just it's just uh i think it's three or four of her her most famous pieces okay um but it's not her like it's not just recordings of the 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 performances it's like they're out in like parks going through trees one of them's like on a beach 
One of them is on a stage, but the stage is covered in sand, and the lighting is remarkable, the cinematography is remarkable, Vim Vendor's direction is remarkable. Um, like, it's like, if I, I actually have a job, I was supposed to do the job last year, but COVID canceled it, where I'm uh, basically doing a virtual um, dance recital with this dance school near me. And um, I showed them this, and I was like, this is, if you want to do something that's remarkable and that is made for film, like dance made for film, as opposed to just filming a stage while they dance around on it, I was like, watch this and choreograph like this and use the camera the way that this movie uses the camera, where the camera is part of the dancing, where it's, it's like part of, and that's one of the things that makes the 3D so remarkable too. Um, but yeah, I would, I just, you know, this one will be a little bit of a shorter one just because there's not a lot of plot to go into. Yeah. Um, but I, I would 100% recommend if you have the chance to watch this movie. It's not available in too many places, but um, hmm. if you if you find it, watch it. Uh, just spend an evening watching it, and if, if by nothing else, you'll be blown away by the, the direction and the cinematography in it. And um, again, the 3D is incredible, but I know but that's a little bit harder to find. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a little hard to replicate. Well, it, and, I mean, the, yeah. it, it sounds intriguing, um, and uh, I'll, I'll put that to my list, too. And uh, this is a film that, again, I haven't seen, I am familiar with. I feel like I have the the kind of the poster is iconic, and I feel like mm-hmm. I have I have seen that somewhere, and I feel like I have heard of that at some point, but I have not watched it. Uh, but it sounds intriguing. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'll yeah. add that to the list, man. Um so wow, I'm only batting what one out of four so far. Twenty five percent. I think you will see my next one. You have a chance. I, I think you might have seen my next one. I I, <laughs> I think there's a there's a possibility that you've seen my next one. Um, we shall it, see. It's yeah, you know. Uh, I know you watch a lot of films, so unlike many people, you have maybe a better chance. Uh, not many people saw this film. Um, it didn't do very well at the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty much, you know, and, and it's really hard to find today. Um, now, strangely, they did make a couple sequels, so oh, yeah. which is weird because <laughs> they don't usually make sequels for films that are so obscure. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Uh, so my, my next film, and I think this is my fourth film, is 1985's Bob Zemeckis, Back to the Future. Oh, that was the indie film, right? I yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it couldn't be more different than you know your last film. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about like going from one end of the spectrum to the other. But look, I get it. This is this is as Hollywood studio mainstream a movie as you can possibly pick. I I get it. I know. I know. But talk to the nine, ten-year-old Clark and see if he gives a damn about any of that. Because when I was in the theater and I saw this film, it filled my heart with awe. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, yeah. and that is, that's, I mean, I, well, I don't know what else you can say. I was so captivated, like so many other kids in that era, and like so many people who've seen the film since, I was just absolutely mesmerized, captivated. Um, yeah. From the, every the, kid wants to be Marty McFly. The the the, <laughs> the script is is tight. There is if you want to study setups and payoffs mm-hmm. and story, then you 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 can't do better than this script. Um, it is just an extremely efficient, well told story. It is to, it is just shot with absolute technical excellence. Um, and you know, so much of the, the technical side of filmmaking, special effects, uh, were pioneered with this film and with its sequel, especially back to the future Two pioneered Mm -hmm. some extraordinary special effects. And so that part of me is, is super interested in these films. And Uh, it's really funny. 
Zemeckis you know, it's, has it's a really and, yeah, funny movie. And, and it's really a funny movie. It's yeah. its pacing is perfect. It's I mean I could go on and on and on, but uh, I mean my my uh, alarm tone on my phone is that uh, the freaking title sequence, the opening, you know, the diddly diddly, that uh, one. No, no, the um, oh gosh, I've, it's the it's the. Um, it's the oh gosh, it's, the, it's like the the big sweeping. Oh, the theme brass, that, you know, yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 that. And um, it was uh, it was my go to Halloween costume for like three years straight. Mark I, I love it. I could totally see that. The, the mustache doesn't doesn't work yeah. now. You'd have to. Yeah, shave this that was back off. in high school. <laughs> but yeah, get you get you like a big puffy vest, you know. Got, and, I mean, it's over in the my closet right now. So that's <laughs> awesome. So I, you know, so so yeah. I mean, look, everybody's seen the film. I don't need to go into it, but you know. Uh, I think Zemeckis as a director is often overlooked um, when when cinephiles kind of talk about directors because, you know, he definitely makes mainstream films. Um, a lot of people will laugh and joke about films like Forrest Gump. But, mm-hmm. you know, he is he has really pushed the technical boundaries of filmmaking. Um, he's he's a pioneer. And I think that's really that's worth looking at. And he's made some really, I think, extraordinary films, some really interesting films. Um, mm-hmm. This, I think, stands at the very zenith of his uh, his achievement. But uh, Back to the Future is just one of those films where as a kid, I'm just sitting in the seat and I, I mean, and I'm just like just completely experiencing awe. Yeah. for an hour and a half i it was was one of my favorites as a kid too it still is yeah i remember I, mean, I think the thing is too that there's so many people who are kind of naysayers about popular cinema because it's like they feel like if they enjoy something that the bulk of people also enjoy yeah. that there's there's they're somehow less exclusive yep yep, um, yep but there is a very there's a big reason why these movies are famous and popular and it it's not because they're bad. <laughs> yep. Um, it's 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 a masterclass in that era of of like that. I call it kind of the Amblin era, even though yeah. Amblin wasn't involved in all of these movies. But um, well, of course, but was... Amblin did produce this though. Yes, this yes, is produced yes. Spielberg by Amblin. Was, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things that it's it's like uh, it's just a masterclass in um, really accessible cinema, but at the same time, really really high quality. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's almost, and I think the value there is that it almost introduces people who otherwise wouldn't see such like high quality cinema to what that can be like, and yeah. is almost like a bridge into perhaps a more obscure. That's you know, me, line Dude, of filmmaking. Yeah, that's exactly. Me. I mean, I grew up on Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Back yeah. to the Future. I'm E.T. I grew up on these films, mm-hmm. but but that that planted the seed that filled my heart with love of cinema, and it planted the seeds for me as I grew up to to really want to delve into cinema you know well beyond those kinds of films yeah so it worked it absolutely exactly that's what it did for me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so my fifth and final uh movie is is i think it's my i don't know my second uh english language one um but it is it is considered one of the greatest movies of all time oh. um it is an older movie though so so a lot of people may have missed it just because it is from 1941 but it's sullivan's travels um which is directed by preston sturges um it starred uh joel mccray and veronica lake okay and it is a movie that i remember i was given it 
in like grade 10 at a birthday party wow um, one of my really? friends just like gave me the criterion for it um that's such a and, random gift for like a yeah it's for a yeah, 10 yeah. i mean this friend like, always gives me gives me strange no no i was i was in grade 10 i wasn't oh 10 grade old. 10 yeah, yeah. okay okay for um, a second so i, was, I misheard you 15 16 and um, i was like I, I was like wait a minute so you're telling me at 10 years old somebody gave you uh sullivan's a, travels from 1941, a 1941. <laughs> okay sure um, yeah okay that makes more is, sense yeah is uh it's a comedy I mean, it's about this guy who he's like this Hollywood uh, director who wants to make a movie about, um, you know, like homeless people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and he decides to basically go on this trek across America to experience the homeless world and like to be, you know, train hopping and have a little pack on your back and stuff like that. And um, and so it begins as this a if you haven't watched comedies from this era watch comedies from this era because yeah. they are all hilarious like yes. they are you might think that they are dated but they they're are such time they capsules. make me laugh harder than most comedies that come out today and that's well, not just me sharpness. saying like oh i've got such distinct taste they are legitimately i can watch this with friends and they will all be like you know falling over backwards laughing because they are such they take so much from vaudeville yes um and it really it's like timeless timeless humor yeah um yeah. so firstly the the opening scene of this movie is one of the funniest scenes in in any movie yeah but then it just turns into this movie that becomes so incredibly heartfelt um and it's really been an inspiration for me in terms of blending blending style and tone okay um because it it has the famous uh scene where they go to they're in the south and they're in a black church. And, Don't give too much um, away. Yeah, I won't give too much away. But there's this moment where it's a very famous scene. And then these prisoners are marched in. And they're singing uh, Let My People Go, the, the biblical song. Uh -huh. And it's like this insanely uh, emotional, like heart-wrenching scene in this, this you know, 1940s comedy. That's that's like this almost like a screwball comedy about this director who's just trying, like getting into antics and, you know, Three Stooges style kind of thing. Um, and, but it's, it becomes really heartfelt. Um, it's got a really incredible, you know, message for lack of a better term. Um, it's just, it's in the, the performances are great. Um, it's not hard to get through by any means. It's not like, it doesn't feel dated at all. Um, the cinematography is great. It's black and white, of course, but it's, it's that beautiful, rich, God, I love um, black almost noirish black and white um and it's one of those it's it comes from that era where every single person on set because there was no digital to depend on there was no you couldn't check the dailies immediately you couldn't <laughs> right you know you didn't have a focus puller looking at a monitor nope. um every single person on set was at the it was the most skilled practitioner of what they did yeah and every shot is real is, craft you know, people. with 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 in, in you know incredible accuracy in terms of lining up that focus and pushing that camera forward if you're if you're dollying then you are dollying um and it's like they everyone is on their a game and and um yeah there's just there's you know too much to say about this movie i could spend an hour talking about this movie but yeah well maybe um, we can pick it another yeah, time yeah perhaps you know yeah. but yeah. it's it's uh it definitely deserves you know it's again it's 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 regarded as one of the best movies ever made it's it's regarded as a masterpiece i, I feel um, so sh shameful that i haven't seen it yeah, it's fantastic though. I, it's on Criterion. Um, I'm not sure if it's on the Criterion channel. But I'll, it's, I'm it's, gonna the go Criterion check it collection out. Definitely has a version. Yeah, because um, I own it somewhere. It's it's in one of my collections. I, I'm somewhere. hopeful that it's on the. Uh, I'm hopeful that it's on the channel. Uh, yeah, and uh, which I love. Just yeah, and and, and uh, the 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 cinematographer, um, if I'm not mistaken, was the same 
cinematographer who did uh, what is it? It's it's John um, John F. Seitz. Yep. Um, and what was he did Sunset Boulevard? He did Ooh. Double Indemnity. So a lot of those noir movies. Um, oh my that, god, he that, he shot uh, a million films. If yeah, you look yeah. at I mean everyone back then, this if guy, you look at filmography yeah. of like. Yeah anyone back in the day that was like even directors it was they all had like hundreds of movies yeah. that were under their yeah. belt because they were turning them out you Just know six a year yeah yeah so so i would definitely again 100 percent recommend this movie um i mean no surprise these are the five movies that we chose but um but but that's my final one and all now we're right. on to your final one all right so again uh it's a film that you know uh nowadays and especially with you know people like quentin tarantino heaping so much praise on this film and mentioning it as a significant inspiration for him i think that you know now everybody sees this film as a as a an important classic and a milestone in cinema um but back when i was a little kid and i was watching tv like the sunday afternoon movie with my father uh that none of that really existed it was just a you know a kind of like a, a spaghetti western that happened to be pretty good and you know it was fun film and it did have clint eastwood in it um so it was known but yeah i mean now it's kind of reached this like huge you know space in in the canon but my final pick is um 1966's Sergei Leone's masterpiece, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Classic. I actually watched this not too long ago, too. And uh, yeah, there, there's uh, some really extraordinary, the, the latest restoration on 4K is like just absolutely uh, magnificent. But mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, basically that's the story. I, uh, you know, spaghetti westerns, I grew up watching these films. They were films that my dad loved. And, you know, they were the films that were on, you know, the like the Sunday afternoon, you know, like movie marathon on you know channel 11 in st louis you know and and so i grew up watching these films and i was just i loved you know it was almost like a cartoon come real to me you know with these exaggerated camera moves and zooms and these like really colorful characters that almost required no language whatsoever i mean you could turn the sound off on this movie and you know you knew everything you know who's the bad guy who's the good guy what you know mm -hmm. Um, but I just, it was, it was so epic in scope and, um, and I was just so captivated by this, you know, it was, it was, um, uh, I don't know what else to say. It was, it, I was just mesmerized by this film. And now that I've watched it later multiple times as an adult, of course, I appreciate, you know, so much more about this film. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's my fifth film. I know you've seen it. Um, yep, so course, yeah. it sounds like you agree that you're a fan of the film, but absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I mean, this is a, this is also a movie that's so easy to show people of younger generations. Yeah, it works, um, and and get them into like again, it's 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 a timeless, timeless movie. Yep. Um, and I've never had any trouble showing people in like like, like you know the high schoolers in my class this because um, the characters are such archetypes it's so yeah. that's what I mean is that it translates language. You don't really, I mean, you could show this to somebody uh in in so many different countries and with different languages and i think you know so much of this translates i think you yeah. get so much of it and so for a young child you know a lot of it translated and it's, and just... it's a great opportunity to also go back to um like even like kind of take it as a jumping off point to like the old kurosawa movies that, that absolutely really inspired this and it, um, absolutely you know, it's, i think that's such a it's such a fascinating 
period of filmmaking because it was it was like John Ford inspired Kurosawa who inspired Sergio Leone and it, yeah. it, it, it was like this this feedback loop who then went on to inspire George <laughs> Lucas who you know yeah so. yeah I agree I, I just it's and I love this is one of the first films where I like really actively remember like an anti-hero Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so that was like really compelling to me because, you know, before I'm kind of like, you know, it's like Luke Skywalker or, you know, but to have this like reluctant hero, this anti-hero, these I, that was just like so compelling to me. And, you know, Clint Eastwood's performance, the man with no name, you know, this like almost silent protagonist was just so I was like, oh, my God, he's so cool. I want to be that, you know, and just the, the epic scope of it and. Um, I just the it, it everything about this film is so fun to me, and uh, what can I say? Yeah, it, it's another film that really inspired me as a child. And, yeah, and check out the other two from the trilogy as well. Uh, yeah, and and I have, they're and, and they're wonderful too. But you know, yeah. I I picked one. I had to pick one, and so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I feel kind of like the first two films were kind of like. I don't want to go so far as to say practice for this one, but they definitely, but definitely get they yeah. definitely get better as they go. There's, yeah, there's no a reason question. why this one's the most famous one, and yeah. there's a reason why this one is the most famous. But and they are the they song. are absolutely all worth watching. I think they've all been really well restored. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because uh, I remember watching them as a kid, and it was like sound. I mean, everything oh, they, they look like yeah. crap when I watched them as a kid. I didn't, and especially and I it's imagine, so funny too because this like this is an R rated movie. I remember seeing this on a shelf. We were staying. Is at, like, it really? I didn't even know that. It's yeah, like, it was on the. It, I, we had it on VHS. The first time I saw it was at this like bed and breakfast in like Nova Scotia or something, and it was on the. They had a selection of VHSs, and it was R. And I remember being like so scared to put it in because I thought I was going to see all this crazy like, <laughs> violence. And it's so tame by like. Any oh, it's so tame. I'm, that's what yeah. I'm. I'm shocked that it's R. I'm like, what yeah. is R about it? Like, I don't. <laughs> Is there even like because I'm trying to think it's not really got language that no. would make it R right? And I'm I'd like, assume it's mostly just the violence, but there's not there's not really much blood in it. But no, I assume it's almost then it none. Was, yeah. It's that old mm-hmm. fashioned like you'd get shot and just kind of fall over. Fall over, you know? a, <laughs> yeah, the railing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but you are right. You know, fistful of dollars and a few dollars more. They're definitely also worth. And then of course the mm-hmm. soundtrack. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like it, it defined. Uh, westerns to this day yeah, yeah yeah i just you you can't even you just can't get better um yeah so anyway awesome well that dude this has been fun i look i'm excited i've got a few films to add to my mm-hmm. list i'm excited to see or re-see as the case may be i'm gonna go back and check out munich um but uh this was enjoyable it's it's yeah we'll it's, have to do uh, we'll have to figure out what we're doing for our hundredth oh my <laughs> gosh yeah we'll have to figure that out and hey by the way just because I still get to pick the film for next time, so yes. we don't skip yeah. my we don't get skipped. So <laughs> yeah. so next there time it will get to be my choice. Who knows? Maybe I'll pick one of these. But uh, well, we hope that you enjoyed this as much as we did. I know I mm-hmm. had a blast, and we always appreciate uh, you checking out our uh, musings on film because we enjoy doing it. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. Until next time, Cullen, have a wonderful week or two, depending mm-hmm. on how long it might be. And for everybody else out there. Look forward to next time. See you then. Yeah, bye-bye.